ready, folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Extra Magic Hour, brought to you by the DCast and the DizInsider.com. What do you get when you cross a former Disney cast member and a Disney superfan? You get the Extra Magic Hour, covering all things Disney parks, past, present, and future. Now hang on to them hats and glasses, because here's the wildest Disney parks podcast in the wilderness. Hey, everyone. This is Sean. I'm Brock. And I'm Tim. And we are the Extra Magic Hour. We are a Disneyland Parks podcast brought to you by the DCAST and the DizInsider.com. And uh, we fo- focus mainly on the Disneyland Resort. But, uh, you know, we'll be talking a lot about Florida this week because we got a lot of different, a lot of good things or, okay, maybe not good things, but we'll see what we got going on there. So um, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty well. I'm, I just finished with midterms and I'm almost to the end of the school year. Nice. How much time do you have left? Who even knows at this point? Um, (laughs) I'm so all of my friends uh, in California are like, oh my goodness, are are you kidding me? You're not out of school yet? Because, you know, in California, they get out early and a lot of my friends are graduating right now, so they're getting out super early, but I think mid June is when we get out. Cool. And um, Mr. Timmy Cricket, how are you, sir? Gosh, you know, I'm doing great. Just got off from a long day at work. Uh, just got off not too long ago. So just Woo. finishing up the month strong. Woohoo. Sean, you know what that's like because we obviously work in the same building. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, things are great. Uh, just hoping to end the month strong and. Actually, kind of surprising. We talked about this on the decast before. Kind of surprising. If you guys don't know, um, Tim and I both work in car sales. Um, I'm a salesman, and Tim is a as a finance. I'm manager. a finance director. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't. Yeah, to- get it right. Jeez. Okay. You've <laughs> <laughs> uh, been pretty crazy on how how busy we've been with everything going on. You wouldn't think that you know people would want to buy cars in a time like this, but um, we're wrong. So, so yeah, we're gonna it's get really into- busy. It has been. We're going to get into it, and I want to preface by what I said at the beginning. Not, not, not so good news. I didn't mean that in that way. It's just unsure news. So I want to preface that of what we're talking about here. So we're going to talk about what's happening in the parks tonight. We are going to talk about an article from our friends at Inside the Magic, which I just thought was funny. We're going to have um, a journal entry from Brooke for week two. And then um, we're gonna have an attraction battle that uh, Tim and it will be Tim versus Brooke, which I like these because I feel like I, I fall, I come up short on these attraction battles because um brooke is very organized and has everything and has all the information and uh, i think tim does too so i'm gonna moderate the battle and then you guys will okay. talk but you guys don't know I, what the attractions are yet so no we, we don't. don't so i so, feel like it's a pretty even playing field if i don't have time to prepare notes <laughs> I will, and I, I will tell you that just to think about a, one of them is an attraction that we've talked about before oh, okay so, just think about that. So, so what we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, basically, what's happening at the parks is um, when you're hearing this, it'll be Monday, uh, June. Uh, I believe it'll be Monday, June second. Um, a, a lot of things happened the week prior. Um, Disney Springs actually opened uh, the the Walt Disney part of it. Uh, you know, the Disney the, the Disney stores, World of Disney, opened in Disney Springs. Um, so far, it seems like there's not a lot of issues. We've seen a few different things with people not following the social distancing rules and uh, 
And uh, I mean, it looks like things are going the right way, but um, what are you guys' thoughts on Disney Springs kind of fully, not fully being reopened, but uh, kind of everything is kind of open there now. So Brooke, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Well, I would like to preface this by saying we have no certainty right now and I'm not a medical professional. So I don't have any official information or anything I think best represents the Walt Disney company as a whole. However, I believe it's probably a little too early, Mm -hmm. but that being said, Disney Springs is probably the safest bet in the States to dip your toe in the water and to give people a feel for what this setup might look like and how guests might act. Now, that being said, I'm always glad to see people being able to go back to their jobs and for, for people to be able to enjoy theme parks once again. Sure. But I did see um, photos from Disney Springs of cast members uh, yelling for right. crowds to disperse and that was not happening. So right. only time will tell. Absolutely. Tim, what do you think, buddy? Well, I I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's great that things are starting to open up because who knows how long this virus is going to last and when it's going to go away. I mean, it might be here for a while and I don't think people need to really, you know, just be stuck in their homes and have nothing to do. So I'm glad things are starting to open up. Um, I did see the picture where the cast members were yelling at people, basically trying to get them to disperse and do the whole social distancing I just don't think I don't think Disney yet has it down on how to keep people six feet apart. Um, but I think they're doing the best they can do right now with the resources they have. And I think they're doing a really good job. It's just a matter of people, you know, respecting the six feet rule and just kind of self-managing and making sure they're social distancing. So but I think it's yeah, great. They're sure they're starting off small. They're letting you, you know, dip your toes in the water, kind of try different things, you know, opening up the Disney Springs and letting you try that out. Um, and not fully opening up the parks yet. Cause I think they're still trying to, you know, perfect the social distancing. So, um, mm-hmm. but I think it's really great. And, and perfecting that social distancing is really going to rely on the individuals, the people like us exactly. who are willing to work together to follow rules. Right. And I know it's very different, uh, in, inside the United States. If anyone from outside the U S is listening to this podcast, <laughs> we are very much individualistic, uh, society. Right. Um, I'm kind of shocked and, you know, because when all the parks closed, um, Shanghai closed and then the, the, you know, the other ones in Asia closed and then, and then Paris closed, I believe, after Disney World or right, or right around the same time. But speaking, uh, I'm, I'm surprised that from our next announcement here that, that this is kind of happening so quick. And being a huge Disney fan and saying I would go there anytime they open. And I've, like I said last week, I've, I, I refrained from that a little because of, you know, I did actually change my, my trip and stuff because, because of health. I mean, I have little kids in my group and my mother in law who is, is, at, is at that age. But I get all that stuff now. And, you know, um, but speaking of, announcements um the uh theme parks last week met with uh 
the the reopening committee in Florida and um, Universal Studios is actually opening on June 1st. Um, SeaWorld actually announced that they'd be opening, I believe, on June 11th or June 5th or June 11th. I'm, I, I think it's the 11th. But the big announcement from Disney was uh, kind of shocking that they, they announced that they're going to be opening uh, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom on July 11th. And then um, they will be opening um, uh, Hollywood Studios and Epcot on July 15th, on on July 15th. So a couple of things to take from that is they waited a month longer than anyone else. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit, but what they did was they, they they said uh, that they're going to have a couple of soft openings for cast members, which I think is good. And, and like you said, Brooke, there's a lot of mixed feelings about this. And my feelings on this are, is that, well, the Walt Disney World Resort is, um, which I was kind of shocked to hear this um, a couple weeks ago, that they are the biggest on. They are the they have the most employees of, of any on site facility in the in the United States. Mm-hmm. I think with like seventy thousand employees, so it's good they're going to go back to work. Um, they all might not. They all might not go back to work for reasons we're going to talk about here in a second. But I I, I like that they're moving forward. But I don't know. Is it too soon? There's been rumors that the, the 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 July 11th date was because they're trying to coincide with Disneyland. So I don't know if that's the case. I I can't see Disneyland opening in in um in, in July, but we'll talk about we'll see. But some of the stuff that they, that they laid out for it is you'll have to wear masks obviously as the as the guest and as a cast member. Anyone 3 and up has to wear a mask. So I, I think that's going to be hard for little ones, especially in Florida with, with, with the humidity. My daughter worked at Disney World there and she said, you know, the humidity is going to be crazy there. I understand it. But um, plexiglass will be plexiglass dividers for you can basically hold up your uh, annual pass or your ticket and they can scan it through there. They will be doing temperature checks. Not sure if it'll be. Um, we haven't they haven't said for sure uh, if they're going to be doing temperature checks. Um, I know in Shanghai, you can actually walk like a tent. It just like grabs you and it, it takes your temperature. But I think in Florida, they might be doing the individual ones where they actually have someone doing it as you walk in. Yes. So uh, that is currently happening at Disney Springs. And there are awesome videos from people such as the Disney food blog. Um on YouTube showing how they do those procedures and what they do in the case that your temperature might be higher. That being said, please don't cheat the system and like take medication or do anything to get your temperature lower. That's not cool. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I saw on one of the, I follow so many different Facebook pages and they said, Oh, just take my fever reducer. I'm like, no, you're, if if you, if you don't feel good and you're sick, don't be there. You know, they're, they're risking their necks to even be there to, to, to try to entertain us and bring that magic back. But don't risk everyone else because you're that selfish. You know what I mean? Well, that and also don't take medication that you might not need as, as exactly. the kid of as the kid of a pharmacist. Please do not take medication that you do not need. A big takeaway from this was um, that they announced that there will be a new reservation system um, that they have not released yet for, for people to be able to, uh, to have reservations to get into the park because they will be at a very limited capacity. One thing that I know as Brooke, I know you worked in entertainment. We talked about this a little bit is that there's going to be no parades and be no fireworks. So that, that like, that's why I was saying everyone might not be coming back to work at that, at that time. But hopefully that you, you just never know what any of this stuff that's going to happen. No character meet and greets, just so many changes. And they asked, um, go ahead. We, I, Oh, I was going to say, uh, 
Firstly, one of my friends joked that, where are those uh, pyro people? I'll hire them all to come to my backyard and just put on an entire fireworks show. All right, boys, you got the fireworks. I got the music. Let's do this thing. Uh, And then also in the Disneyland Resort, um, we were trying to think about how many places you could realistically... uh, put characters to wave to people or have those interactions from afar. Cause we don't have that many mm-hmm. places to do so without also bringing guests into those areas. Um, Timmy, what do you think about these, uh, this pre- the proposal from in Florida right now? Well, I think it's pretty smart not to have the parades or the fireworks because you definitely don't want crowds of people hanging out with each other, coughing, sneezing, some of them not putting their masks on, you know, when they're in a group. Um, so I think that's really smart. The no character meet and greets, I'm a little sad because I'd like to meet Gaston, um, but that's okay. Um, yeah, but I I understand it all. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty smart and I understand why they do it. And I think it's going to suck for a little while. But I think people start to get used to it. And then once the virus starts going away, then all that stuff will open back up or they'll find another way to do all of that stuff. Like like Brooke was saying, you know, have the characters out from afar, but still have them interact with guests. Um, so that that was also seen in uh, in Disney Springs. They had stormtroopers standing on a balcony and also at Shanghai Disneyland. Um, they were doing something similar. So it's definitely possible. It's just how many areas can you do that to? Because I'm right. someone who loves seeing character interactions. Oh, yeah. Um, I do hope, however, this kind of gets us out of the idea that a character interaction means you need to have an autograph book signed, that you need to take a photo, that you need to do X, Y, and Z. Because so many of us, even myself, have kind of been trained that that's what we want. But really the coolest part about being in the Disney parks and about uh, getting to meet some of your favorite Disney characters is the idea that it, it can be a surprise and it can be an adventure in uh, being immersed into their own world, which once again, how, how things are going to be set up for the following months in, in the opening is going to be a little rough, but uh, I hope that it will show us that there are different ways to interact with our favorite characters that are maybe different from what we've seen before. Right. Tim, why do you think they, um, that they waited a month longer than the other parks to actually open up? What's your thoughts of why you think they waited longer? I honestly think maybe the crowds are a little bit bigger. I think maybe they have more people that come into the parks. So therefore they're limiting the, uh, basically they're going to wait a little bit longer to, I don't know. I just feel like when you walk through Disneyland, there's not as much openness as there is in like Walt Disney world or Paris or Shanghai, you know, everything's pretty close cornered and you're really close to people. I know when I walk down main street, I'm literally like surrounded by people. So I know they have to try to work around how to make that work with such a smaller area. Um, so I think that's, that's my opinion on it of why it's taken a little bit longer than the other parks, just because of limited space. Brooke, why do you think Disney world's waiting longer? Um, well, you know, I, I've brought up the example of the kitchens before 
Mm -hmm. uh, at Disney parks. So I have worked in a few different restaurants and seen the kitchens. Uh, One was a chain restaurant that was not Disney at all. And I remember being kind of shocked at how uh, gross it was. And then coming to Disney and working in their kitchen area and seeing just how clean they keep everything. Uh, If anyone has the opportunity to take the most precautions in being clean and uh, creating a plan, it's Mm going to be Disney. I know a lot of times they, uh, the joke is they overtrain people to do jobs that don't require that much training mostly, but they take the time to make sure their cast members are well-informed and know how to handle crisis situations. So this is, I, I believe, uh, I don't know quite yet because all of my friends who do work at the Walt Disney World Resort are still in the dark about what's going on. They haven't been told anything. Uh, but I know that they're going to take that time to make sure things are the best that they can be. Uh, the standards are just so much higher at a Disney park versus any other theme park. No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think for a different reason, um, I talked to my daughter about this who worked when she worked at oh, yeah. Disney World. And we were talking the other day and she says, it's kind of crazy they're waiting a month longer. And I said, well, why do you, Mackenzie, why do you think they're waiting longer? She says, because of the college program. Because oh. they, they sent home all those college students back in March. And she says, I don't know if this is true this year, but the college program starts again in June. Mm-hmm. So I don't know because they need, they need cast members to, to run the park. So I, I think it's partially that. And I also think, I think that's part She's of right. it. I, I think that's part of it. And I also think it's because I, I sent you guys a, a, a meme today of, you know, Bob Iger sitting there smiling and, you know, two crash test dummies that said, uh, you know, sea world and Disneyland uh, and, um, Universal Studios, I think Disney's going to sit there and watch this for a couple of weeks and say, how's this working? And I think they're smart. And I think that the biggest thing about it is I think that it shows that Disney, everyone says Disney's all they care about is making money. All they care about, all they care about is making money. They could open up next week if they want to like the other places, but they're not. They're taking the extra time to make sure that, I mean, it's still not, it's still, maybe it's still in a lot of people's eyes, maybe it's still not enough time, but they're taking longer than anyone else to actually say, Let's see how this is actually going to, because they could pull out, you know, if, if it starts getting bad again in Florida, they could say, okay, we're going to, we're not even going to bother opening again. And uh, you know what I mean? But I think that it was just, I think they're watching. And I think a lot of it has to do with so many cast members, how they're going to have to get them all back to work. How do you get 70,000 people back to work in a matter of a couple of weeks? So that's what, I, that's what I think on that. So let's talk a little bit about our home park, Disneyland. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not a lot to talk about there. I mean, I, I, they did say this week, the, the governor of California announced um, that, uh, or, or if it might have been a health director or someone in California announced that theme parks can open in phase three down in California. Now, most of California, I believe, is still in phase one. Um, but just, just a, a week ago, um, Anaheim actually moved to phase two. So phase two means, means restaurants, means other things like that, you know, other things like that. Okay, so stage two uh, would mean uh, retail and restaurants, um, 
offices and manufacturing and services uh, that would include small gatherings like pet grooming, dog walking, landscaping, childcare services, uh, and outdoor museums and galleries. Now, the reason this is such a big deal is initially Disneyland fell into stage four, which included concerts, festivals, nightclubs, sporting events with a lot of fans, full travel, um, and even the uh, downtown Disney dining and retail area falls under stage two, technically. Disneyland, stage three. This is shocking because instead of huge events and crowded places, it would be movie theaters, recreational venues, salons and barbers, and nail salons. Right. And Disney, according to that, according to that, according to what they're calling. uh, Yeah. Phase three. Right. (laughs) Uh, So so a friend of mine who is an annual pass holder and is a whiz with numbers because of their profession uh, messaged me about Walt Disney World having more space to distance people. If you break it down to numbers, Disneyland is 101 acres, but 46 acres are water. So the remaining 55 acres are everything else. Toss out the backstage and rides, and you're probably down to 25 acres or less. If you give every person a six-foot bubble, total capacity would be around 7,260 people. So the math is a little wonky on this one. Right. I'm I'm all basically just sitting and wait and see what happens, you know. Mm -hmm. I forget what the proposed uh, max capacity for Disney California Adventure Park is or downtown Disney, but I know in Disneyland, it's approximately 30,000 people, which that's the amount of cast members who work for Disneyland or even more than the amount of cast members who work for Disneyland. So, so is that, is, is that capacity at Disneyland is 30,000? Um, more or less. I've been told it's a flexible number, but 30,000 is the number we typically like to go off of. Like I've heard, uh, I've heard 50,000 in the whole resort in both parks. So I, I, okay. so, so, I mean, that, that's, and I know that, that makes sense. Disney California Adventure Park can hold more people, but I've definitely been at times where they will not let anyone else in and it's on a basis of who exits the park how many people are exiting gotcha well what we're gonna do real quick we're gonna take a quick uh sorry i want to take a quick break for our sponsor and we'll be right back For a safe voyage, be sure to stay seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the boat. And watch your children. And remember, no flash pictures. Now off with you. Bienvenidos, marineros. Para su seguridad, permanezcan sentados con las manos, brazos, pies y piernas dentro del barco. Y cuiden a los niños. And we're back. So something I want to talk about now, and I'm going to start with with you, Brooke, is um, I shared this article with you guys today from our friends at Inside the Magic, which I just thought was funny. Um, um, Japan is releasing their uh, 
you know, their thoughts on how they want to run things. And um, they, for theme parks, they basically want to say that you can't scream on a roller coaster. So I just want to take a few minutes just to touch on this. Get your guys' thoughts on would you, I mean, would you not, would, would you not scream on Space Mountain, Brooke? I mean, it's possible for me. I don't want to say I've ever been bored while riding a roller coaster because you can definitely have fun, but I've, I've been on Space Mountain a lot, so there have been those times where it's like one in the morning, and I'm like, uh huh. Um, however, that, that's a very privileged statement, and I, I understand how privileged that is. Uh, I said a few episodes back that I didn't think it was a good idea to have roller coasters operating during this time for this very reason. Uh, The idea that if you accidentally say something or if you turn your head, and I'm not saying like hawk up a whole loogie, but if you accidentally speak or droplets fly out of your mouth, that's coming back on whoever is in that next row. Even if you like skip a seat and there's someone on the other side like that's coming back to hit whoever else in the face so that definitely includes screaming but I think people take these things a little too literally in the sense that oh there's no screaming but we can still talk on this ride we can still go on it and it's okay as long as we don't scream like "Mm, that's not necessarily how it, it works. But once again, we don't know any absolutes. It just sounds like a really silly proposal. Right. Tim, what do you think, buddy? I actually have a few things on this topic. Um, the first thing is, so I, I know like when you go to restaurants and you eat and after you get up, the people come to your, you know, your table because I've been out a couple times to eat um, since the whole everything's been opening up. And they come to your table and they wipe everything down with, you know, sanitizer and they clean everything. So now after you get off the roller coaster, are the cast members immediately going to that roller coaster and putting sanitizer all over it, cleaning the handles, cleaning the seats, cleaning everything before they load the next people? I hope so. And I don't doubt Disney would do that. But that's really interesting that you bring that up because I've been wanting to calculate uh, the number of writers per hour on average and kind of uh, tally that up for what the proposed distancing measures would uh, put the capacity at. Yeah, because if you think about it, Space Mountain, when you you're going through, you know, your turbulent ride, roller coaster type ride in the dark and you're having fun, then you get your picture taken and you come to the exit and the cast members like, all right, guys, come on, get out, get out, come on, come on. You know, and then they're trying to load people in as quickly as possible. Obviously, that's not going to be that way if they're having to say, "Okay, hold on, guys, we got to wipe the entire roller coaster down and then you guys can come in and they got to make sure you're wearing your masks. And that's assuming that the attraction doesn't break down and exactly loading and unloading as quickly as possible, which doesn't always happen, especially if they're loading for people with disabilities who need the ramp to get on, which is one of the coolest experiences. If you've never been on one of those carts that get to go on the ramp. So cool. Um, But yeah, that definitely takes away some of the people who can be on that attraction. I'm hoping that those virtual queuings will help a lot with that and then help with waiting in line in general in the future. And then 
Uh, if you have ever seen Jacob the Carpetbagger on YouTube, do you watch the Carpetbagger at all? I have never heard of that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you need to watch him now. He goes oh, to gosh. he goes to the parks, but he's known for attending roadside attractions, and he's been showing people what it's like now with these new distancing measures. And the coolest one I saw was for how they did the load system on a glass ferris wheel how they had uh, employees go in and clean the inside of the glass ferris wheel for one round after it already had one round of people being out of it it was just so interesting that's pretty crazy the other thing i had um basically you know they they say they want you to wear the mask well if you're wearing the mask and you're screaming i mean isn't the mask going to help protect you from having whatever you know, bacteria, germs, viruses you have in your body from escaping. So wouldn't you think you would be able to scream? Uh, Yes and no. So they're not 100% effective of, um, of blocking particulates. They're good. Like maybe a C or D grade. Um, I have a more adult example that I use um, that I probably can't say on air, but I'd, Love to say that otherwise. Um, it mostly, from what I know, it boils down to it's not super effective, but it's better than nothing. That's and true. Uh, I mean, if, if you're wearing the mask, it's not going to necessarily stick because those people are behind you. I know a lot of people who don't like wearing tighter masks because it messes with their ears. They have trouble wearing it. But the problem in that is that droplets can escape from the back of the mask that much easier. And when you're traveling forward, all of that wants to travel backwards. Right. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. So I want to get off this topic and just say we think it's kind of weird, but you guys, you. you guys both make good points. I want to move on, Brooke, to your journal entry for the week. Um, kind of tell us, um, if you guys don't know what we're doing, basically Brooke used to work at uh, work for Disney at Disneyland, and uh, she kept the journal all the time she was there. So she's going to read us a little, journal, a little uh, entry from it and talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to wrap it up with an attraction battle, which I think is going to be a good one. Sounds great. So as always, I would like to disclose that my views don't necessarily reflect that of the Walt Disney Company. And also, as much as I love the things that I've written in here for my own privacy and to retain the magic and not uh, disclose any trade secrets within the company, I will be censoring some things and some names. But this week is from Thursday, October 8th, 2015. And we keep military time, so it says 1733. Um, I was hit with an overwhelming burst of homesickness. Spent a few hours in the fantasy fair sketching fair maiden Cecilia. Now, if you know anything about fantasy land in Disneyland, I loved being in that royal fantasy fair the princess fantasy fair and the fair maidens are the girls who help out with the royal theater show after her and odette had a long chat with their shakespearean director a very special guest they came back out and chatted with me 
I love talking to them so much, especially about how the theater reminded me of Ashland and OSF. I feel like I made new friends. But of course, they had to leave all too soon. And I realized, as much as they enjoy your presence, all characters must disappear into the stories from whence they came. Though I enjoyed walking past Sensational and the new Toy Story Enchanted Window at the Emporium, by the time I reached the front gate, I was about to break down in tears. This is so stupid, I thought, as I hurried to my bike and sped home, sniffling. Luckily, upon arriving at my messy abode, I FaceTimed my friend, who of whom I had really been missing, and just as quickly as it came, it left. Headed for ice cream and another friend's place now. Also, Fairmaine Cecilia reminded me that I can't always stay in Disney. I must get things done. So, <laughs> then for October 9th of 2015, approximately 23.30, Fairmaine Odette had to wake me up in the fantasy fair today. By name, too. I fell asleep. It was really hot. Uh, Guinevere was there, too. She's so silly. And for those of you listening who know of Fair Maiden Guinevere, uh, sending love to you all. I tried to take a cat nap with Figaro, but who could blame me? It was super hot today, and I left my phone at home. Didn't want to bike back to get it. Good news, I have practically... I have Practically have the Frozen show memorized. Now, this isn't the Frozen show at the Hyperion. This is the Frozen show that they did in the Princess Fantasy Fair. For the longest time, it was only Frozen and not Beauty and the Beast and Tangled. It was... I really liked that one. Though it was shortened due to heat and map was canceled. Talk to Rapunzel. She waved at me immediately as I saw her. She recognized me too. Lastly, I will miss the Aladdin show. I'm now fully appreciating all of it. So that's my entry for today. And yeah, come back next week to see when I actually start training at my job for Disneyland. Okay, here we go. So when we first started the Extra Magic Hour, we had these huge plans that we were going to have attraction battles every week. And I was going to argue with Brooke about about rides and, I'm sorry, attractions, Andy. But um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it's one, one, stage, one stays and one goes. And I thought I was going to be good at this, but no, I just wasn't. Brooke is very well prepared. Tim is very well prepared. So I thought this would be great to have these two go out in and I will just sit here and moderate so what we're going to do, basically, the way this works is I will pick two attractions. One of them has to leave forever, and the other one remains. So would you, would you, like, would you like me to assign you attractions, or do you guys want to fight over which one you get? Um, you get assign. assign them. Yeah, assign them. Okay. It'll Tim, be fun. Tim, I'm going to give you Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Yes. Ooh. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And the reason I picked these two was because they have probably the two best cues, I think, in both parks. So, Brooke, can you guess which one you're going to get? Hmm. I'd best cue Haunted yeah. Mansion. Well, it's, it's close, but no. Oh, Where no. Gonna- Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin has the best cue. I was literally just going to say that. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. See, this, this is why I don't do these. So, I was going to give you Indiana Jones. Because I thought, oh, I had a- oh, that's okay. pretty good. Yeah, I had a- I'm 
a big queue, interactive queue, you know, which probably won't be interactive reopen, but whatever. <laughs> so here's how it's going to work. We'll let ladies go first. Brooke, you're going to plead your case on why we should keep Indiana Jones and get rid of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. So the floor is yours. Darn, I... Darn, I think I've battled for this one before, and now I don't have my notes, and now I'm just going off of... Okay. Hmm. Indiana Jones should stay in the parks because it is the quintessential intellectual property attraction, and without it... Adventureland would not be that great. Oh, whoa! Wow, is that your whole statement? That is um, that's, pretty deep. That's gonna that's gonna be my opening statement. All right, um, and then I'll argue my points afterwards. So, Tim, what is your opening statement? <laughs> I like uh, this. One. <laughs> ooh, all right. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout should stay. Because it is one of the most exhilarating experiences you'll ever go on. Quintessential mm. mm-hmm. and exhilarating. Dang, this is exhilarating. So big. Oh yes, <laughs> I said it. That's what's up. All right, so let's break it down, <laughs> Brooke. Let's talk t- talk about the queue for Indiana Jones. Okay. Well, Indiana Jones was one of the first very interactive queues, and thank you to. Disney legend Tony Baxter for making this possible. I think the story starts upon you finding this attraction because it's very hidden, as you might know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas has shown us. Um, It's a very hidden cue. I remember in sixth grade, my first trip to Disneyland, I went with my cousin in the middle of the night without our families. And it felt like such an adventure that we had stumbled upon what I called a secret attraction. (laughs) It invites you deeper into the jungle as you find this temple of the forbidden eye. You're able to look around at the details such as the language encrypted on there. There's very dim lighting as you draw further into the story and into the caves. Uh, There's so much to interact with, even though some of the interactions over the years have become defunct. uh, There are so many things to touch and explore and really makes you feel like you're an archaeologist on this journey. And I think it's one of the easiest cues to wait in for a long time because of this reason. Right. All right, Tim, the cue for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my goodness. So it is absolutely incredible. Um, as you're outside, you can obviously, you can stare up at the building and you just, if you have never been on it before, you just know you're in for an adventure. When those shutters open up, you hear the people screaming and then you just see the elevator shaft just drop. Uh, you know, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But when you walk into the building, you get to walk through the collector's collection and see everything. I mean, there's tons of stuff. There's the Ultron um, robot in there. There's uh, Loki's helmet. There's all kinds of things in there to make you feel immersive, like you're actually walking through the collector's collection. Um, Then you got the video up on the screen that kind of explains, you know, what's going on in the story. Basically, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy um, get collected by the collector. 
Um, and the whole mission is to basically break them out. Um, so it's very immersive and it's just, it's very exciting. And when you enter into the rooms where rocket comes out, kind of goes over the master plan on how to break everybody out and everything. It's just, it's, it's so much fun. Um, just being in there, listening to him talk and especially the animatronic. That is absolutely just so crazy. Seeing him walk around up there. You just really feel like you're standing right in front of him. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. I like how immersive it is as well. You know, before you enter the room, they have you raise your hands for the hand scan, you know, so everybody's, you know, interacting with that. And it's, it's just super, super cool. And then throughout the ride, same thing. He wants to see your hands up in the air. So that way, you know, everything can open up and the guardians can escape. And I just think it's really cool. It's, it's really, really cool. All right. We have two more, two more categories. Uh, story. I, I- Sorry, I, I, I went I further say, into that. <laughs> that's okay. I will say, Tim, uh, upon my first uh, ride on that, the cast members who worked it were saying, like, you know, if if everyone in the group doesn't put their hands up, it it won't work. And all of the cast was getting super excited about that. Oh, that's so and then cool. It, it doesn't, it, it just goes. It There's no They're part of the story. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah, but... I've seen so many groups who don't put their hands up and it still lets you go. Right. <laughs> that makes me sad. Right. <laughs> I, I was promised otherwise. Right. They should have a sign out there that says right to refuse service. If you don't put your hands up, you're not coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to wrap that up, Tim? Are we good? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Oh. I want to hear Brooks. I want to okay. hear more Brooks on Indiana Jones. So a lot of categories. That's going to be basically overall story of the attraction. And then the last one will be the excitement level. So Brooke, tell us about, oh the, about the story. I'm just giving you guys a little bit of something to think about. So the story of an Indiana Jones. Okay. Well, uh, whereas uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a much newer story, Indiana Jones takes place in a very well-recognized property in that Steven Spielberg story with that classic John Williams soundtrack. Uh, You are told by Sala, which in the pre-show it is Sala, um, that you will be uh, tourists on an expedition in this in this temple of Mara and it's set up to be very much a tourist attraction like back in the day, like a Ripley's believe it or not almost, or when um, Pharaoh's tombs were open to the public in that era, uh, which I also think it's a pretty meta joke to have your guests be those tourists. Uh, However, during your adventure, Someone in your vehicle accidentally looks into the eyes of Mara, the one thing that you were told not to do. Uh, And it ends up being a rescue mission in almost in which you have to get out and Indiana Jones is trying to help you escape this crazy temple filled with uh, skeletons and curses and uh, snakes. Some of my absolute favorite uh, effect was the room of choice, the, the illusion of choice room, which sadly 
no longer works. But Tony Baxter's vision with this story really helps you uh, live this classic tale and pulls out all of the stops in practical effects. Whereas Mission Breakout relies on screens, this one relies on full motion and full enhanced experiences. I like how she like throws a dig at, at Guardians just at the end there. Just to, uh, but I do love it. Tim, tell us about the story of Guardians. <laughs> I know I pretty much went through most of it. Yeah, you did a good job going through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just you really feel immersed. You walk in, obviously, you walk through the collector's uh, collection, um, and you just get to see everything that he's collected. You get to meet his new part of the collection, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and then basically, you know, Rocket basically, you know, enlists you guys to help you or to help him, you know, help his buddies escape from the collector's grasp. So, so basically, you go into this gantry and you go up and basically you have to have your screen level up, your hands in the air. So that way, you know, he can go ahead and get everything released and escape uh, with his buddies. And then just just the music and the soundtrack to this ride is absolutely incredible. I love the music. It just fits the ride so perfectly. It gives it a very upbeat kind of feel to it. And it just it, it makes you want to keep going on it more and more and more. And I like that the scenes are different um, each time you go in. I believe there's, what, six different storylines to experience on the ride. And so that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, I mean, excite me. You kind of already guys have both kind of already hit that with, you know, with the story. So do you guys have anything? Let's just go from excitement to your closing argument. And then we'll wrap this up. Mm, excitement. Well, you get to drop down super, super fast in a gantry lift. There is nothing better than that unless it's a roller coaster going through a loop. <laughs> okay. Well, you're only falling a little bit faster than the speed of gravity. Just like, a little uh, bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, Indiana Jones, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye was an attraction that ushered in a new era of rides. Without it, we would not be able to have an attraction uh, such as Mission Breakout. And I implore you to remember the final scene of Indiana Jones in the attraction. The iconic scene with this giant boulder rushing towards your vehicle. You're stopped and you look up and there's Indiana Jones dangling from a rope. And every time I'm afraid he's going to drop into the vehicle. <laughs> and now remind yourself that your vehicle is not backing up at all. You are not moving. They what? moved the entire room for that. The boulder is staying still. The entire room is moving. Yeah. Now, think of the detail and mechanical revelation that must have happened to take all of that and give you that feeling when you walk away from the attraction. Did you not know yeah. that? The cool thing too about it mm -hmm. is the doors when you first enter in and it says you must choose your destiny. It is yours. Well, 
those three doors all lead to one room and that room used to shift and you used to be able to go through the different, uh, different doors. Uh, um, that's the, uh, the illusion of choice is what I yes. call that one. Yes. Uh, and I still, I understand why it doesn't happen anymore, but gosh, I wish that happened. Cause just the, I'm a girl who loves practical effects. And I do believe that our screens are not to the level that they need to be in order to do many of these effects. Right. So like they have their time and place, but many of these screens are not to the capability of showing these effects. So at the end of the day, I would love to see these practical effects making up dark rides. Yeah. And what about the ice machine that used to drop ice from the, the ceiling? Yes, that was pretty cool. That's also a make you feel like the roof's uh, coming defect, apart. Defunct effect. Yeah, you talked talk about Indiana Jones hanging over you. The last time we were there, um, we actually broke down at that spot where he was hanging over our mm. car. It's very weird. And you guys know that um, Tony Baxter got the idea for the room sliding from sitting in a car wash. Yes, <laughs> oh, that's right. You got the idea for the for the room. He said, "Why not make everything come to him? Come to you instead of you have to." create this bigger effect and it was a easier effect to do with this, the whole room moving itself, which is probably why the attraction breaks down so much, unfortunately, because there are so many, so many things in that attraction that are, you know, so, so I worked with way, someone. The easiest way to see that actually happen in motion is if you're sitting on one of the outer seats and this is how I figured it out is you look down. So when you're in that room, Indiana Jones kind of dangling there, you kind of feel like you're backing up a little bit, look down and you'll see the whole wall move and mm -hmm. that you're really not moving. Yep. It's really, really crazy looking. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, I have a friend who I I used to work with them. They also don't work for the company anymore, but they did the youth education series in which we had to take kids on the attractions. And I don't think Indiana Jones was ever an attraction we went on, but she would always say outright, she will not go on Indiana Jones because she's afraid of animatronics that they look too much like people to her it goes into the uncanny valley and the fact that indy is hanging above the vehicle she's always afraid that it's actually going to drop into her lap <laughs> that's so, Tim, crazy wrap up, wrap yep. up mission, mission breakout for us very oh, very exciting adrenaline filled exhilarating amazing ride with great music great sights and just a great experience. Also, I think Harold is in where the boiler room used to be when it was Tower of yes. Terror, which is so yes. cool. That's one of the coolest Easter eggs. Also in the collector's um, collection, when you walk through the lobby, I believe Figment is in one of those boxes. Yes, at the he top. is. So, so up at the top left, it's kind of confusing because the box isn't actually purple. It's like a yellowish color. Right. Um, but in one of the smaller top left uh, cages. I think yeah. that you know, that cue is, I love that. Just to, I've honestly, every time I've been there, I've never actually walked through that. I probably usually just get a fast pass. So I've never actually had it. I've only looked, looked over, but yeah, just the, the dog in there. And yeah, it's, I, I love them both. Um, I'm not going to pick which one I think is the winner, but um, oh. I, oh, we know it's Guardians of the Galaxy. You can say it. Do you want me to pick? Yeah, pick. Yeah. Come on. I will say that 
I, I have I have three top rides in in, in the parks, and it's um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Big Thunder Mountain, and Guardians of the Galaxy. The reason yes. is because, because Indiana Jones. Every time I go on it, for some reason, I, it kind of makes me sick to my stomach. So I, I don't know why, but um, I get that. Yeah, I, I kind of get a little I, motion sickness. I get it too. And I, I, I will say, no hate to Mission Breakout because that is definitely one of the best <laughs> attractions. Well, I. I knew it'd be, going on that. I knew it'd be hard to do that because I know you actually worked on the opening for that. So that's why I gave you the yeah, office. And <laughs> that was, thank you for that trick. Uh, <laughs> it was a few days ago. I was looking at my Facebook memories and a few days ago, I opened that attraction. With the, it Memorial Day weekend in 17. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm, in 2017. Yeah. And I have a souvenir, um, awesome mix that's, from oh, the opening. That's awesome. So, with that being said, we are going to wrap up this week's episode of the Extra Magic Hour. Brooke, Tim, I really appreciate you guys taking the time with me. Um, everyone, out, everyone out there, be safe. Um, wash your hands. Wear your masks where you're supposed to. Do what you're supposed to do, so we can all come out of this, come out on the other side of this better as, as better people and uh, safer people, obviously. So, I will see if. Brooke and Tim can both do it. So I'll let you both try to take us out of here. So for me, Sean, you guys have a great night. And Brooke and Tim, take us out of here. All right. You ready, Tim? I am ready. From all of us here at the Extra Magic Hour, have a magical magical day. day. (laughs) (laughs) Someday when we're actually going to work on that. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Extra Magic Hour brought to you by the DCast and the DizInsider.com. For more podcasts and content, make sure you go to DizInsider.com, your number one source for all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars, breaking news, and all that jazz. Also, if you want to hear more, go to anchor.fm slash the DCast or the DCast.net. Thanks for listening, and have a magical day. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of the DCast Podcast Network, the official podcast network of the DizInsider.com, where you can find the latest in Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and, of course, Star Wars news. For more podcasts, make sure to go to the DCast.com. Also, look for us on social media. Thanks for listening, and have a magical day. You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts.